Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Death by Stereo. I'm TJ. I'm Brent. I'm RJ. Um, so, a little bit about our podcast. So, we are three friends who are big-time horror fanatics. Um, a few months back, we recently started hanging out and got together and went to a couple of horror conventions, and we kind of decided that it would be fun to have a monthly movie night. So, basically, every month, uh, the three of us each pick a movie independently, and we try to do a criteria of at least two of the three haven't seen it. If none of us have seen it, it's great, but that's pretty rare. Um, and basically, we watch all three movies back-to-back. Um, we have a little bit of discussion about them. We rate them, and um, we just thought it would be kind of cool to uh, just get this recorded and talk about anything horror-related and just see where it goes. So hopefully you enjoy. Um, so... For the first movie I picked uh, for this month, um, I chose Wolf Cop. It's a 2014 Canadian horror comedy uh, written and directed by Lowell Dean. Um, It's an independent film. Basically, it's exactly like it sounds. Um, It's a small-town police officer who is uh, an alcoholic and kind of low on life, and he gets incidentally turned into a werewolf, and um, lots of mayhem ensues from there, so... um, We'll just, uh, I guess, talk about it a little bit. TJ, what do you think? Yeah, this was a first-time watch for me. Um, I think going into it, I was already expecting it to be pretty ridiculous, uh, and that's exactly what we kind of got. They, like, they really were almost shooting for the most ridiculous things that they could. Um, <coughs> I wasn't like a huge fan of this one, and I'm looking forward to watching the sequel to see if there's improvements. Um, I just felt like I wasn't into the comedy as much as like I could have been, um, since this was a horror comedy, and I don't know the the effects were kind of cheesy. I thought they were they felt like felt like the Sci-Fi Channel made this one. Um, I didn't hate it though. I def I I don't know. What'd you think, Richie? I'd kind of reiterate what you said. I didn't hate it, but I'm not much of a fan of horror comedies to begin with. I think the main part of the movie that kind of killed it for me was the bestiality scene with the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, with, the, with the one hot girl in the movie doing... Slash like, old lady. Yeah, yeah. when she's... You know, when, when he transforms into the wolf and they're doing it in the jail cell, like, yeah, you know, okay, really, that's kind of over the top. But, you know, it was cheesy. The, the makeup on the wolf, the werewolf, it was wasn't the best and i mean it's i mean it is what it is and um i i didn't have extremely high expectations but for 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 what it was i wasn't that disappointed so i kind of found out about wolf cop accidentally um in a horror facebook group that we're in um i saw somebody post about it and thought it sounded interesting and um i happened to be out at a store and saw they had a blu-ray double pack uh with both wolf cops for 13 dollars, and i couldn't pass it up so i went in with kind of low expectations um the first one having watched both is definitely the worst of the two um i feel like it kind of can't decide if it wants to be super over the top ridiculous and kind of serious or if it wants to just go one way or the other um I mean, without giving too much away, the second movie definitely, I feel like, leans more into the fact that it's it knows what it is, and it's kind of, like, 
ridiculous B horror movie. And that's what makes me look look forward to watching the second yeah. one because I think now that I know what to what I'm going into, like the second one could be more enjoyable. For sure. Um, and it is, and like and like I had mentioned before, I showed this. I mean, if I didn't have to show the first one, I would have just skipped to the second one. But I'm kind of a stickler of watching things in order, and I like to just see the full story, even if the first part's not that great. So. Um, I mean, I went in kind of expecting you guys to not love it because I didn't love it, but I just knew it's... But I love Dead Snow. Like, that was like a similar, you know, this is a horror comedy and it's pretty ridiculous, but I don't know what it was. Like, I felt like when I watched, um, like, the Dead Snow movies, like, there was just something about it that, like, cracked me up, and, like, with this one, I just wasn't laughing as much as I expected to. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, this one was shot kind of funny, like you said. I mean, it, it had a sci-fi feel to it, and I noticed that too. Like, I feel like the the cutscenes were kind of choppy, and I felt like the story wasn't entirely sure of itself, and it kind of it would show you one thing, but it wasn't sure if it wanted to keep on that path, and it would kind of go back and forth. So, um, I mean, definitely not the greatest thing that I've ever brought, but I mean, I enjoy. Because of the second one, I really enjoy the series as a whole, and I hope they make a third one. So, um, I mean, it's something that I would I would recommend if you like really goofy B-horror comedies and, um, you know, can stand a little bit of uh, bestiality, I guess, and don't mind a werewolf-slash-cop having sex with a woman. Um, Speaking of that, like, I mean, I don't know if we want to do this for, like, our future segments, but do we need to, like, put out a spoiler warning at the beginning? Just because we will, we will be mentioning spoilers while we're discussing this movie, so if you haven't seen them, just a fair warning. Yeah. We will be throwing spoilers out there. That's our bad on that one. Um, It's not too bad of a spoiler, but... Yeah, Um, We're just going to go ahead and give ratings for it now? Um, I don't know. I I feel like we could talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Just to, like, take up some time here. Um, I mean, when you first saw it, like, I mean, what was it about it that, like, made, like, was one thing that about it that made you think, I need to show these, show this to TJ? And um, I mean, I think it, it has its charm, especially because, so, a little bit of background, there are two movies called Dead Snow and Dead Snow 2, um, they are... German slash English um, horror film about Nazi zombies, and they're kind of in the same vein. They're a little bit of a horror comedy and kind of ridiculous and over the top. And um, we all three really like Dead Snow too, and and Dead Snow not as much. So this is kind of in the same vein. And um, I mean, I just thought a werewolf that was also a cop sounded pretty hilarious, and I wanted to see what you guys thought. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, a I, drunk I, cop, not just that's a true, cop, a drunk, drunk werewolf cop. cop. That's that's a good point. I just I remember seeing it on Netflix too in the past before you even mentioned it and I'd always passed it up because I'm like that that movie's definitely not taking <laughs> it so serious. On like, That's funny. Yeah, it used to be on Netflix and like I I used to think it was a Netflix original too and I'm like this is one of their like they dropped the they dropped the shit on this one. Like, yeah. But, you can't all be winners. I mean I'm glad that I I've, I saw it at least like that's something yeah. that it's just as far as horror comedy goes like that wasn't. Um, and the, the comedy part wasn't there for me personally. Like I, there was a lot of like jokes that fell flat for me and like, I agree. Um, it was very understated and that's why I think, I think you'll feel more favorably about Wolf Cop in general once you see the second one, yeah. because again, having seen Dead Zone, Dead Zone 2, I feel like it's very much in that same exact vein that you need to see the first one and the first one's not bad, but the second one really, it knows what it is and it just goes 
full overboard and just makes it. So um, I was a little grossed out by the uh, when <laughs> when he was uh, first transitioning in the bathroom <laughs> and he was like peeing in his fucking dick like <laughs> that, was a, that, was, that was a little bit too much i was that like was... that might have been that was too much like body horror for me and like... then the bestiality that just put it over it's like yeah i'm, I'm kind of done with this movie See, I... <laughs> the werewolf penis transition was a little bit too much i was like that's fucking gross but like... now you can say you've seen a man transform into a werewolf dick and all yeah um i actually well, maybe that was guys... something on your list that was not that's, on my well, list you know, my list is very broad that was on his say. horror bucket list that's right check See penis transition to werewolf penis got it um i will say that i i mean i laughed my ass off when i first watched this by myself and he was having sex with this woman in a jail so <laughs> i thought it was funny i thought you guys would actually find it funnier than you maybe did. maybe as a, on a second watch i might laugh knowing what it's gonna what's gonna yeah. happen but i think the first time around i'm just kind of like what the fuck is yeah. going on and i mean <laughs> if that was their goal they definitely achieved it um, well, I mean, you kind of guessed it from the beginning. Grinch just over there, just kind of like chuckling to himself. You came out with the right what map. If, which part? With the sex scene. You said, oh, oh yeah. Th- he's gonna, does he have sex with her when he's going to as a wolf. <laughs> I, I'd like to not spoil things. I like to no, I know, I know. So, uh, one thing I will say is that I, I mean, I'm an 80s baby, and I'm a huge fan of practical effects whenever possible. Um, I don't hate CGI, but I just feel like it's a crutch that's leaned on entirely too much this day and age and so if a, if a new movie can do practical effects i i love it and that, that means a lot to me I, personally i'm pretty sure i saw some cgi in that movie where like or at least it was just bad effects and didn't look practical to me but there was some but i mean the the wolf transformation was yeah was practical which i i appreciate because i mean that that probably took a lot of work i mean getting the the skin you know over the costume and then him ripping it off like this little stuff like that may not matter to some people i really enjoy practical effects no i do too like i'm not an 80s baby but i mean i think most of us as horror fans would appreciate practical effects over too much cgi sure. but sure um um, I think as far as our ratings, um, we we rate our movies every month on a scale of one to five. Um, for Wolf Cop, I gave this one a two out of five. As I said before, I wasn't like a big fan of this one, um, but we'll see uh, what I think of the sequel when we get to that one. What about you, RJ? I gave this movie a two. So how the you know three means that we liked it, two not so much, one we didn't like it at all. So, you know, two, we can't say that we didn't like it, but we just didn't enjoy it as much as we thought we were going to. So I would give it a solid two as well. Um, even though it was my movie, and I feel like you're partial to your own stuff, I gave it a 2.5. Um, as you'll find out later, I am apparently notoriously a tough critic um, for our movie nights. Um, and yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> no get out No fives five. from this guy. Yeah, I don't get out five very often. A four to me is almost the equivalent of a five. So um, I, it's a 2.5. I mean, I can't say that I I didn't hate it. I, I like it. Um, I think my opinion is a little skewed having seen the second one first, and it makes me like the series better overall. Um, but 2.5 for me, uh, I would watch it again. It's not something I would highly recommend, but I enjoyed it enough. So... And you should be hearing our review of Wolf Cop 2 next month. That's right. Stay tuned. So, all right. So uh, for movie number two, I picked Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Um, since we've been doing these movie nights, I've I've picked a lot of slasher movies. That's kind of my uh, subgenre. There's a lot of classic 
slasher movies that I need to show these guys. And uh, Behind the Mask is, is a horror comedy, and it's kind of a spoof of the slasher genre. And I saw this movie probably a few years ago and really wanted Richie and Brent to see this one, or RJ and Brent. Um, but essentially, this, this movie is like a mockumentary that follows an up-and-coming slasher um, Leslie Vernon, and they even reference Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees in the movie, um, to kind of, he's, he's kind of in that same world as those guys, um, and this, this documentary crew's following him around, um, he's, he's, he's kind of laying out his plans for his murders, and, um, and showing them the process that he goes through, um, introduces them to his mentor, and it's, in the beginning, it's just kind of a silly, um, this is, this is how I'm going to do this, and then it, and it leads into a more serious tone towards the end of the movie, um, uh, which some may enjoy the twist, and some may, um, not enjoy it as much, because the comedy of the movie, is, it sort of dies out at the end, um, what, what do you guys think of this one? So I, in the beginning, again, I, I as I said before, I'm not really a, a fan of comedy horrors, but um, I did I, I did like the material in the beginning with the comedy. Um, I did like how it became more serious. It became more of a horror movie at the end. Um, I did like the plot at the end. I, there's a pretty good twist at the end where, you know, the, the person who's filming this directory, the college student, He's actually been stalking her and watching her, and she becomes, you know, the final girl. The yeah, so it's, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I gave it a little better rating than Wolf Cop. Um, I gave it a uh, three point five. Um, but I, I I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, I didn't know what to expect coming in because I'd only I'd never heard of it until TJ mentioned it. Um, I thought it was neat how it was kind of a spoof on the horror genre itself, and it was kind of exposing, you know, a lot of horror tropes that you see in, in most slasher films and a lot of horror films. Um, it was just interesting to kind of see, like, a behind-the-scenes, essentially, of, you know, how uh, a killer would go about selecting their victims and how they would set up the kills. And so it was, it was just a fun movie at first. Uh, and then once it transitioned into the second act, uh, I, I didn't see the twist fully coming, to be honest. Uh, I kind of thought it was going to be just the comedy part of the entire movie. And then when it, it switched, it kind of you know turned me on my head a little bit. And uh, I really enjoyed it, though, because I felt, like, I felt like it was just a nice change of pace for the viewer. And I felt like it, it took you somewhere you didn't think you'd go, and it turned out really interesting and um this is one of those cases where once you watch the movie and you know how it ends and when the twist comes i think it's neat to go back in a second watch if you liked it and yeah try to figure out some of the clues because i think some of these <clears throat> movies like this and um was it scream 2 that we watched um they'll leave little uh breadcrumbs that kind of tell you who the killer is and kind of expose the plot but for a first-time viewer, you have no idea, and you just miss them. They go right over your head. So um, I think it would be neat to go back and watch it and just be able to pick up on any of those cues. Um, and the, the second half was just was good. I mean, I liked that it was more serious because it it just, I don't know, it just gave me something more to enjoy with it. Instead of just a straight horror comedy, it kind of shifted, and uh, I, I don't know, I enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, and as like a big slasher fan myself, 
Um, I enjoy the Easter eggs that they throw in there. Uh, at the beginning, when the, the the host of the documentary, she's she's out in front of like the uh, the house on Elm Street and Michael Myers' house, and uh, we we get a we get a quick shot of somebody on Elm Street, and it's Kane Hodder. Um, we had uh, Robert England in there as as Doc Holler, and and um, just little things like I've I've read behind the scenes stuff like on. Um, uh, Scott Wilson's character, the the mentor to Leslie Vernon, how he's supposed to be uh, Billy from Black Christmas, which is funny because that's one of my all time favorite slasher movies. And I just I enjoy. Or you see the you see the configuration puzzle box uh, from Hellraiser on the on the table at his house. And I, so, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't want to like interrupt while we're watching it. Maybe like if we watch it a second time, I can point some of that out. But it's just when you watch this and you see all the little Easter eggs, like. It's as a horror fan, like especially being like a slasher horror fan, like it's, it it just gets me like excited to see that stuff. Pop it's like up. a nod, essentially, like right. You can tell the person that made that was a fan. Tributes. Yeah, right, a right, homage. right. And I just that kind of stuff just like that gets me personally. Like I love that stuff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like when it's nice to see that, like when directors are fans of the, the genre themselves, and they, I mean, I feel like in, in anything, if you love something. That'll show in your finished product over anything else. You know, they could offer you an insane amount of money to direct a movie, but if you don't care about the genre, you're not going to give it your all. Whereas, you know, if you love something, you'll put every every amount of energy you have into it, and it, I think it, it shows. It just makes it a lot better. So, um, I I feel like I saw the Hellraiser box, but I don't think I put two and two together. And again, that's I did I don't think I noticed it on my first watch, but yeah. like watching it a second time and like had um, looked at like some of the trivia and stuff, yeah. like I I looked for it and now I notice it and it's just like, it's it's just like one of those cool like aha like that's yeah. so cool. And I like that that actor that plays Leslie Vernon. I mean, I've never seen him in anything else, but like he did such a good job. Like I love how he he's like the serial like the psycho serial killer, but yet he's got like this like he almost becomes Jason at the end. But he or, but at the beginning or, or, it's just or Michael Myers because he's so emotionless emotionless and well, it's like a switch was flipped. Like he had a really engaging personality and like that's what was funny about it. He, like, was, he was charismatic. Like he was like us. almost like almost like uh, Robert England and Freddy. Yeah, yeah. He has the personality, and then towards the end, it just, you know. I feel like that per- his personality disarms you to, like, you look at him as just a human and right, not a right, serial right. killer, and then that's what's cool is in the end, he flips that switch, and now he's this cold-blooded killer, and you're, like, waiting for the humanity, like, to be inside of him, like, when they take his mask off, and it's just not there, which I thought was, was cool. It was like, he just put his game face on, and he was ready to go. I mean, and we drew, earlier when Brett and I were having a conversation, like, in between movies, is we drew some comparisons to the movies Creep with, um... Mark Duplass. Mark Duplass, and it, yes, they're different movies, but, like, with the two lead actors in it, they're kind of, like, throughout the beginning of the movie, they're just charismatic and, like, silly, normal human beings that you really grow to like, and then they just switch that off. You almost forget that you're watching... Uh, I mean, a, a psychopath or a murderer in your midst. Like, it, it, they just seem like normal guys. And I think that's what's cool is just the different layers of... And I love that. Yeah, like, I love yeah. that like, they can do that. Like, they can be, like yeah. completely switch. Like it's a that. testament to the actor and the acting job they did and, and to the script, and it's just it's just well done. Right, I really and you, I've never seen that guy in anything else, but I'm like, that guy should be doing more horror yeah. movies. Like, I feel like he could kill it. Like, no, I don't know. He, I thought he did a great job. Yeah. That was one thing that I did enjoy about the movie, though, is that it it, um, it it hits you with things that you're not really expecting as you're going along. 
Um, just like, you know, him turning, flipping the switch and becoming a psychopath killer, or then painting the, uh, the you know, his, his main kill that he's focusing on the entire movie, painting her as the perfect virgin that never does anything wrong. And then party. she's not a virgin. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, almost to the end, almost at the very end when it flips and it shows that the, the college student that's doing the movie is really his goal, when after it shows the quote-unquote virgin writing versus cowgirl. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, you know, it kind of, you know, it, it throws you, it throws you down. It, they, you know, you, you kind of reevaluate what you were thinking. Yeah. This movie As they're seeing that girl do that, that's not, a virgin doesn't know <laughs> yeah, how to do yeah, that. That's not a first-time position. <laughs> for, um, and I would say, I mean, it was cool because, I mean, this girl was the red herring of the movie because she was, you know, we thought the movie was focused on this one, you know, quote-unquote final girl. And it turns out, we were staring at the wrong one the entire time, and that was the beauty of it is, I mean, you some people may see it coming. I didn't see it coming. Um, I mean, I knew that it would go a different way, I think, than how the movie had laid out, but I didn't know exactly how. And I, I love a twist ending. I, I think it's awesome when, when I can be fooled. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the first Saw movie. I'll never forget. I was in the theater with one of my oh, best yeah. friends. That's and exactly what this movie was. I mean, I, I never in a million years saw that ending coming, and I was blown away. And that, I think that my love for Twist Endings was born out of that because they had me hook, line, and sinker, and then they just she flipped the script, and <clears> I, I didn't see it coming. And, and people nowadays will try to pretend like the first Saw movie did not get them because it's like the cool thing to like hate the Saul movies now, but anyone who remembers seeing that first Saul movie when it first came out, everyone was like shocked by that. ending. Sure. like, you can't tell me that you saw that and you were like, I saw that coming. Cause no. that's a bullshit lie. Well, I started with the Saul five movie and I mean, the, I like that the, one too. Actually. And the ending really, you know, I saw that in theaters. Was that with the coffin with, um, it was that it was in the beginning where he has his head in the glass case and he yeah. has to do mm-hmm. a, and he punctures uh, his yeah. throat. Oh, I love that one. Spoilers. Right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We've been spoiling stuff the whole night, so we're just gonna have to put a spoiler. spoilers. We'll just be better about it in the future episodes. So earlier I gave my rating on this movie. Well, you guys before we do that though, I just had a quick question for RJ though. Like, so you said you're not like a big fan of horror comedies, like uh, both Brent and I have both shown a few of those now. Are are we kind of like is there is there any kind of like interest in them now? Like, are we kind of? I mean, I wouldn't say that I don't. I, I wouldn't. I can't appreciate them because I did enjoy this. The um, you know the uh, Dead Snow. Dead Snow movies. Yeah. And I I enjoyed both of these movies, but it's not something that I would rate as a as something that I you know. Is one of my favorites. So it's not your preferred subgenre in horror. Exactly. It's not yeah. that I can't. Enjoy it or appreciate it. Sure. It's just not my preferred genre yeah. for it. Just, yeah, fair. I was just curious. I didn't know if like if if before we had been doing the movie nights, if it's just something that you hadn't like seen a lot of, and maybe we were like yeah, like, and it's that too. Okay, because I was gonna say like hopefully we were. Well, and I think that's um, I think that's interesting because I know um, I mean I think a lot there's of a people, fine line between scary movie and then you know. And I think people that aren't big horror fans, um, I know I've I've talked to people that said horror comedy I mean what's that? That, that that's not a thing I think people that aren't real serious horror fans may not even know that 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 exists and and we're not talking about scary movie here we're talking about I mean these are actually horror movies that have a good amount of uh, comedy in it as well and it, and it works for I mean the good ones make it work um and I think that's not everybody's cup of tea for sure and and as you said I mean if you if you hadn't seen these a lot especially during formative years I mean 
I can't ima- I can imagine it would be much different. Uh, I love horror comedies. TJ loves horror comedies. Maybe you, you know, one day will as well. Um, and I think it, if you are strictly a horror fan, maybe like the comedy aspect takes you out of it. But I think if when you when you're a fan of like all types of movies and like maybe you like comedies and horror, like you can combine the two and it helps and accept what you're watching rather than like if you're if you strictly like horror, like again, like the comedy aspect of it might take you out of it. And it has to be done right. I mean, I think that's kind of key. Is there are a lot of horror comedies that are shit and they're just not good movies, but there's, you know, the dead snow movies, uh, return of the living dead. Um, I mean, there are quite a few movies that do it well enough to where I think even a non horror fan or horror comedy fan could appreciate it. So, um, uh, my rating for this, uh, I gave it a 3.5, um, which for me is, is pretty good. Pretty good. Cause yeah. He's really... Cause I'm very, very strict. <laughs> uh, what was your, uh, your joke about liar liar that you said um yeah so when uh jim carrey is sitting in the bed and he's talking to the lady that he had just had sex with she's you know ranting and raving about how how good this sex was you know how good it is oh and how good it was, you know was it good for you too and then he looks at her oh why well, i have i've had better you know so it's just <laughs> I've that's, seen that's, that's, that's what your ratings, ratings that's, that's what your ratings right. remind me of <laughs> Me yeah. and Richie, or me and RJ could give something a five, and he'd be like, eh, it was a four. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I've only given two or three fives, maybe, in our, and we've been doing this for what, since what, for like six months or so? You've given three fives, and we've been doing this since May. Okay. Uh, for me, a five has to be one of my favorite, two of the fives I know I've given are two of my favorite uh, Wait, I take that back. You've given four fives. Oh, wow. I'm getting a little too lax. Um, <laughs> but... So five, five for me is sacred. Five has got to be a classic in my mind that I would recommend to anybody, and I'll watch, you know, a hundred times and not get tired of it. Um, yeah, but I will say I'm pretty liberal with my fives too, though, because like I don't necessarily just view it as like classics get a five. Like if I love this movie and like it's gonna be a classic in my eyes, like I'm giving it a five. Like um, I don't know. The movie The Witch just came out, like, a few years ago, and mm. to me, that's a five. Like, that's an instant classic in my eyes, but it, it's not, like, technically a classic. Yeah. I mean, what constitutes a classic? We could talk about that later. Could it's, be a whole episode. Well, it's, I mean, I think it's, it's personal opinion, and that's what I was saying. Is For me, fives for me are a classic to me, you know, because, I mean, The Lost Boys is my all-time favorite movie, horror or any other genre, and a lot of people may think it sucks, but that's my favorite movie. That's a five for me. Um, so yes, I'm a, I'm a little too anal with my fives, I guess, but, um, so anyway, I gave it a 3.5. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I liked how, uh, it had the, the mockumentary aspect and then it kind of flipped the script on the audience and turned into an actual horror movie at the end. Um, I really enjoyed it. I would watch it again. Uh, I mean, especially to try and see some of the Easter eggs, but I, I just enjoyed it enough to view it at least another time. So, um, I would recommend it. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> I picked this movie uh, for a reason. I wanted these guys to check it out. I gave it a 3.5 as well. Um, I I really like this one. It's not one of my favorites, but again, it's, it's definitely one I wanted the guys to see. Um, I'm glad that they enjoyed it, and yeah, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about it. I yeah. mean, I feel like I gave my opinion and uh, my little summary of it at the beginning yeah, here. Yeah, covered it. 
Um, On to movie number three. Yeah, Richie's, or RJ's third movie. So I picked uh, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Um, I, I wouldn't say this is my favorite movie of all time, but it's definitely up on the list. Um, a couple of things I really appreciate about the movie is it's very serious with the, um, with the material. It has good effects. The, the movie set in the turn of the century in the late 1700s, um, when they're about to change into the 1800s. And so it, it really sticks with the time. It is a Tim Burton movie, so it is a little bit darker, but again, it fits with the time period that it's in. And um, it is based on the um, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It has Ichabod Crane, it has um, all the classic characters, but it does adjust the script a little bit that instead of the the tall, lanky school teacher, he is a, um, a constable from New York City, who's come to upstate New York to investigate the, uh, the murders. And, you know, it's another thing that I appreciate about towards the end, you know, the run, the true killer turns out being someone that you never would have suspected. Um, it has good plot twists at the end. And, um, of course it's got Johnny Depp in it. So what movie, you can't really say uh, too many bad things about a movie with Johnny Depp in it. So. Brent, what did you think about it? I was trying to think of a bad movie Johnny Depp did, but that's... Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I want to, I want to be witty. He's a, he's, a, he's a good actor. Yeah, I, I, I'm, a bad movie uh, yeah, that Johnny I'm a Johnny Depp, Depp fan for sure. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean 3. I'm just kidding. I think there's like 10 of them now, and I haven't even seen there's like the last There's five. Uh, yeah, I actually do like some of them, but... I, I do too. I own a few of them. Um, I really enjoyed it. This was a first watch for me, um, <clears> which is surprising because, I mean, I'm a huge movie fan, and it's been out forever, but, uh, I mean... I, I like Tim Burton. I like his style. Um, Francis Ford Coppola uh, was attached to this as well. And uh, I'm a huge um, Godfather fan and just mafia movie fan in general. So I was excited to see his involvement. There were a lot of big stars in it. Um, I thought it was shot well. Uh, The costumes were great. Uh, I mean, I really enjoyed the movie. I like the character of the Headless Horseman. I like the story of Sleepy Hollow. Um, Even though this was a bit of a retelling, I didn't mind that. Um, I think it's fun sometimes to kind of go out of the box and go down a, you know, a different road as opposed to just following the same old story and same old script over and over again. Um, it's just neat to see somebody else's vision for it. So, um, it was, it was definitely enjoyable. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see the twists necessarily coming at the end. Um, I mean, I was trying to kind of figure out the pieces as I went along and, um, I mean, it, it, they did a good job kind of showing, a sleight of hand and some things over here and then you know the real thing happens in the end but um i mean definitely uh recommend for me um tj i mean i had seen like pieces of this movie but never like completely through um and i've always i don't know why i've never gone and watched the entire thing because i the pieces that i had seen i always thought that like like, like, the cinematography was, like, cool. Um, I know that the act is full of, like, good actors. Um, and I don't know. I just... And, I, and I'm also a Tim Burton fan, especially, like, 99 and, and prior. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. And the twist... Like, they both mentioned the twist. Um, I also agree. Like, I did not see that one coming. Um, I'm not as familiar with the original story. I didn't read the book or anything like that. But I, I, I knew the basic gist of the Headless Horseman and Ichabod Crane. Um, Christopher Walken as 
the headless horseman was really creepy. Um, the the little scenes that they had with him prior to him like losing his head was kind of terrifying. Like the the costume design of him. Um, I really liked the visuals and like I said, the cinematography in this movie. It's dark, but like I like that. Um, I I definitely think this is one of the better ones. Um, especially like period piece wise, like I'm not like huge on period pieces, but I really enjoyed this one specifically. Well, going back to what I talked about, that was two parts that I really appreciated about this movie was it stuck to the period, it stuck to the timeline and the effects weren't too much. Probably my favorite effect in the movie is the whole town is in a church and the horseman is outside. He can't get inside because of it um, being a religious factor. And the um, each time he comes back from the dead, he's sent to get a particular family member or entire family. And uh, one of the town elders, Baltus Van Tassels, up on the, uh, not stage, but the... Uh, like a podium? Yeah. Thing. And so the horseman can't get to him, so he breaks off a spike off of the uh, fence outside, ties a rope to it, and throws it through the window and mm-hmm. pierces his heart and just pulls him through. And, I mean, it's nothing that was too much, but, I mean, it's, you know, again, it, it stuck with the time period, you, you know. Yeah, I mean, for 20, for it being 20 years old, like, the effects definitely, like, hold up, in my opinion. Like, I didn't feel like the effects were, like, outdated. Um, I'm not sure how they did the effects with the Headless Horseman, whether it was, like, um, just, like, a guy in a costume. It probably was, but, like, I'm not sure if they did CGI to, like, remove the head, or if it was just, like, someone underneath. I think... Either way, what I was going to say is that, like, the fight scenes with him are well choreographed, and, like, I thought it was... It, it, the, like I said, the effects and all of that held up pretty well for it being 20 years old. The only sure. CGI effect I think they definitely had was the ending where he puts... He gets the skull back, and the horseman puts it back on his yeah. neck. And but it didn't... See, it looked good, though. It, it did look good, and again, it, it, it wasn't too much. The, you know, the veins started coming out, his skin started to grow back, and it was just a nice effect. He didn't have a wolf penis, so that was definitely... Oh, that's definitely a plus. Uh, There was actually one more scene of CGI. Um, Johnny Depp's character is visiting a witch um, to get some information. Oh, yeah. And her face, she kind of pulls her veil up, and she has snakes come out of her eyes and crazy stuff. Um, But I I mean, I didn't think that was... It wasn't bad. Yeah, it didn't look bad. No, I mean... For being 20 years old. Especially, yeah, for having... I mean, a first-time watch, and for... I mean, all the effects we have now put everything else to shame, but that... If you hadn't told me that this came out this year, I would I would have believed you. I mean, it, it looks really other good. than Johnny Depp looking twenty years younger. Sure, but. sure, yeah, <laughs> you, can't, you you can't CGI that enough. He's uh he's a little older now, so pre Jack Sparrow. Yeah, he's he wasn't wearing as much eyeliner then. But um, I mean, oh crap! I had something I wanted to say too about it, and I forget. Sorry, my my wolf. Penis no, was, no, you're so. good. You're good. You distracted him. I know. Well, crap. Well, this was my movie, and I, you know, I consider this one of my favorites, so I gave it a five um, for everything that I listed before. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to get a movie that's as serious as with the material as the one that Tim Burton directed, and I appreciate it, I respect it, and I gave it a five. What about you, TJ? Well, I mean, I just thought of what I was going to talk about. Like, I mean, a lot, it, a lot of people nowadays are so divided on Tim Burton. Like, there's, he's kind of become like a so commercial that like there's people out there that you know oh, i hate tim burton stuff and there's people that love tim burton and i feel like this movie isn't you can definitely see aspects of it that are what you would call like tim burton-esque but 
at the same time, I feel like this could be someone else's movie. It doesn't... I mean, yeah, it has its moments where it's timber, and you, like, when they show Ichabod's, like, flashbacks to when he was a kid and with his mother, like, that's totally, like, a timber and, like, feel to it, but I don't know, like, I just feel like this could have been... Like, even if you're not a Tim Burton fan, like, this one could easily be um, one that you could watch and not get that... I don't know. You it was get just what I'm a saying? good movie. Like, I mean, it was just an enjoyable movie, and whether you like his stuff or not, I mean, I I feel like it, it would have a little bit of something for everybody because it wasn't too scary. I mean, I feel like you could show it to a, a kid and they wouldn't find it super scary. Um, I mean, there's enough... Unless you're RJ. Sure. I mean, he's wet his pants over here, but... Unless, you know, unless you, there's action, I mean, there's a good story, there's a little bit of comedy sprinkled in, I mean, it just, it was just a really good story, and it, it was just well done. Um, I gave it a 3.5 as well, uh, it was definitely something that I should have watched by now, uh, I would definitely watch again, um, it'd be Which fun. Which I was shooting for a 4, but I'll take a 3.5. Uh, yeah, I, I've yet to get any of his movies a 4, I'm just, listen, I'm sorry, it, when I see a four, I'll give it a four, right? Mm. But I enjoy it. Take my 3.5 and just enjoy it. I'll take what I can get. That's exactly. Um, I would recommend it. I would definitely watch it again. Um, I would, it'd be fun to watch around Halloween. It just seems like kind of one of those movies that is good in that atmosphere. So, uh, definitely recommended for me. Yeah, I gave it a four. Um, I'm kind of in the middle of the other two. Um, it was a really good movie. I was surprised by it. Um, like I said, I'm not always a huge Tim Burton fan, and that's kind of the conversation that I was going with earlier, but I guess it wasn't really picking up. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's that's around the, the time when Tim Burton's movies kind of started dropping off for me after Sleepy Hollow. Um, but I would definitely give it a four and recommend, especially if you're not, like, a Tim Burton fan, um, give this one a shot because it's not it's not that weird style that you see from him, like, post two thousand. Um, it's, it's the good weird style that you would see from him. Well, I'm trying to think, what has he done, I mean, recently? After this, he did, like, the, um, Willy Wonka, or the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie. He did the Alice in Wonderland movies. Okay. Um, which, those are two big ones that I was not a fan of. And he did that Planet of the Apes movie that was terrible, like, do you remember seeing that one with Mark Wahlberg in it? Um, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So I like I mean I feel like it was uh, this was right around that time when he still had a good movie in him and then after yeah. this he kind of started going downhill. Yeah, um, I forgot about those. I mean, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The problem with that is, is I'm just such a huge fan of the original. Exactly. exactly. That it's it. I feel like I was pre predisposed going in to not love it because I was nitpicking it and I was comparing it to the original. And it's I feel like when you have that classic of a movie, like say if they remade. Um, Wizard of Oz. I, That's I, exactly what I was thinking. I, I feel. I feel like, I mean, people would shit on that mm. automatically just because that's such an iconic movie that sometimes you, you, they need to be left alone and you just can't remake it. But I feel like that might even be where some of the Tim Burton hate comes from, is because a lot of these movies that came out after were remakes of classics. Like you had the Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Alice in Wonderland, Planet of the Apes. Like yeah. he was taking like properties that were already like cult status putting and remaking them and like putting his own style on it. And I think that kind of took a lot of fans like out of his like filmography because he was like, oh, like taking these classics and like putting his own little spin on sure. them. That's very possible. That's what it is. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so that was our three movies for the month. 
so me and Brent are going to take a moment to kind of discuss a uh, horror convention that we went to this past weekend, um, just to do a little review of the show. We went to Days of the Dead Chicago. Um, Brent, what were some of your thoughts on that show? So this is our second Days of the Dead show. Um, the first one we went to was in Indianapolis. It was our first time there. Um, we usually go to Horror Hound Weekend. It's in... They do it a few times a year. We go to the Cincinnati one and the Indianapolis one. Um, it was neat to see a different type of horror show. Um, this one, I would say, has less extracurricular activities, whereas Horror Hound has a lot of... Uh, they have a movie, like a film fest. They've got after parties and a lot of things going on. Um, Days of the Dead is more more just a straight, I guess, convention where you it's can like meet... like vendor and autograph things. Exactly, which isn't a bad thing. Um so TJ and I are really big fans of the show Twin Peaks. Um, we absolutely love it and talk about it probably too much. Um, we were fortunate that uh, three of the original cast members from the first two seasons and the return were going to be there, and that's kind of what prompted us to go. So we made the trip up, um, started out with some bad news. Uh, two of the three had canceled day of. Um, we still don't know why. So we were kind of let down there, but... Uh, we ended up meeting Dana Ashbrook, who plays Bobby Briggs. Um, he was one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. Um, I mean, never mind the fact that he's a celebrity. Uh, we sat and talked to him for, I'd say, what, at least 15 minutes? At least, yeah. Yeah. And uh, not only was he nice, like, this guy is a fan. Like, yeah. he was just sitting there, like, shooting the shit with us and, like, discussing the series and going yeah. on and on about his memorabilia collection of the from the series and like he was like a legit fan of it not just like oh this is a job for me because i'm gonna like he was really into it and i mean we've between you know the three of us we've met a decent amount of you know celebrities at horror cons and i mean you can tell the ones that are just there to you know collect your 60 dollars for their autograph on your poster and and get out of there i mean some just say, hey, how are you doing? They don't really engage you much. They just kind of give you that fake smile and move on. Whereas, you know, great people like Dana Ashbrook, I mean, he was engaging. He was enthusiastic. He was excited that we cared about the series and cared about his character. Um, I mean, he was just genuinely happy to be there. And he just seemed like he was pumped about all of it. Almost like how, I guess, how I would feel if I was if I was on the other side of the table and if I was in a show and, you know, people like people care to see me. Um, it was just fun. It was, he had fun with it. He went above and beyond answering all of our questions and he, you know, brought up new points that we maybe didn't even think about. Um, he was just game for whatever. So I really appreciated him. Um, yeah, the only downside on that front was that they had these celebrities sitting out in the most narrow cramped hallway. So making it like almost impossible to, even sit there and talk or to even have a line for their table um when we were going to take our selfies after getting our autographs like there's almost no space to take a picture because it was just like that cramped like i've not been to it i mean i've been to conventions with like where it's so busy and full like that but this was like obnoxious this was the worst i mean we i had never seen one this bad um i mean it was a shame too because I feel like it took away from the experience a little bit because you expect a lot of people there and that wasn't a problem. But I mean, especially the main hallway where there, most of the celebrities were was just awful because, you know, we were standing there and we had paid our money to talk to him and interact with him. And, you know, I felt like I'm, I'm getting bumped by people. I'm in somebody's way, even though I'm where I'm supposed to be at. 
Um, that part was kind of frustrating, and I would hope that they would configure it better in the future somehow. Especially like if for the celebrities, like yeah. they are going to have lines. Like they sure. need to they need to plan for that. Like Absolutely. you can't have a celebrity in a congested hallway like that where you can't even form a line. Yeah. And not to mention like the tables for the celebrities were like so close together that if you had a line, you're cutting off that other table's like line. And we, uh, I mean our. Our conversation with Dana was soundtracked by um, the musings of Coolio, Two yeah. Tables Down, which was... Uh, he was having a concert. Yeah, he was having a rap concert, which I love some rap music, but I uh, wasn't a huge fan of it at that point. But he was amazing. Um, uh, the next person um, we met was Jonathan Breck, who played the Creeper in all three Jeepers Creepers movies. Um, he was definitely a big person on uh, my list, and um, RJ unfortunately couldn't be there with us. But I took a poster of his from the first film and had Jonathan Breck sign it. He was a really, really nice guy as well. We were kind of two for two in that aspect. Um, he was down to talk about, you know, parts of the film. He gave us some inside information that, you know, we would never have known. He was just really enthusiastic. He was a great guy. Uh, it was pretty cool, too, because he had a replica mold of the Creeper's face as it was transforming to go back into its cocoon. And he actually held that up in the picture uh, with me when I took it and told me to make my best scream queen face, which I actually at first when he said it, I thought he wanted me to scream. So at first split second, I was like, I don't know if I want to scream in front of this entire packed room full of people. But luckily I got what he was saying. Um, it, it was just great. It's just fun to kind of see behind the scenes and especially him playing you know, a, a monster creature that doesn't talk. It was cool to see the man behind the mask and, and just see that he was a fan and, you know, just really get that enthusiasm back on the other side of the table too. Um, so, yeah. And then like we went over to meet, uh, Nancy Loomis from the original Halloween movie. She played Annie. Yeah. And she, her line wasn't too bad. Um, but she was a really sweet lady. Um, she took the time to talk to us and, um, we both got an autograph and a picture with her, uh, different times. And I mean, as I mean, she is a little older, so sure. she is like not as like enthusiastic, energetic. I was yeah. going to say like as the other two were, but I mean, I think, I think you could tell that she made a point to, um, to speak with us and, sure. and try to engage with us more than you could get out of some celebrities. Sure. But, um, it was nice meeting her. I've never seen um, Nancy Loomis at a convention before. Um, I've seen PJ Souls and a few times, but it was nice to see some other Halloween cast members out there, especially sure. since that movie is um, is getting older and the new one's coming years, out. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then they got the new one coming out, so the popularity might spark up again. Not that yeah. it's had problems with its popularity anyways. Sure, but, for better or worse. Uh, but yeah, Nancy was a, a nice lady, and yeah. I'm glad I got a chance to meet with her and talk with her for a little bit. Um, hopefully one day we'll be able to have the same type of interaction with PJ Souls and hopefully uh, Jamie Lee Curtis if she ever decides to attend a convention again. Fingers crossed. It's one of our favorite films. Um, I mean, so it's definitely nice to meet um, and people like that and just, you know, people that had a profound effect on, you know, you becoming a fan of a certain movie or a certain genre. So it's just, it's just cool. I mean, um, not a lot of people may have been to conventions before or even know they exist, but... I don't know, even if you don't, I guess, spend a ton of money, it's just a cool way to interact with, you know, people you may never thought you'd meet, so we yeah, like to do it. It's definitely cool to, like, get out there and see some of the, like, actors and creators from these movies that we love. Yeah. And 
Um, like, like you said, even if you don't want to spend the money, like, there's other ways, like, panel um, Q&A discussions. Like, sure. you could go and see some of these celebrities. Yep. Um, but as far as, like, the convention itself, like, location-wise, I felt like it was pretty easy to get in and out of there. It wasn't in the city, so it's not like you had to go into downtown Chicago to mm-hmm. attend the convention. Um, the hotel itself was pretty nice, even though it was congested and, it like, and really, like, it was just too small of a, a venue for, like, the size of the show i think yeah as far as like other ones we've been to it could have used some more space sure but overall like we had a good time it was quite a drive for us but i think it was it was still a good time it was definitely it was well worth it i mean we it would would have to take the right amount of guests that we cared about to go to chicago again but i mean I, i like what days of the dead does and it's it's nice especially now that we have two different conventions to try and go and meet some of our favorite actors and directors from films and TV shows. So it's, um, it's highly recommended for sure. Oh. All right, so that's our show. Uh, we appreciate anyone who's tuned in for this first episode. It's a learning experience for us, so sure. um, we hope to eventually uh, incorporate some more segments into our episodes and eventually as we gain more listeners um, get some listener feedback and hopefully we can get some emails and suggestions in from you guys yeah if you think if you think we're great if you think we suck whatever just you know you can let us know Um, we may start a Facebook page or an Instagram page if uh, people start to listen and actually care about this. Just so we can interact with the listeners yeah, and get I mean, some it's feedback just, from you all. It's just fun. I mean, this you know, this was just our idea initially was just to let's get together. We love horror movies. Why don't we each pick a movie each month? We'll watch it, talk about it. It's just a fun thing for us. And so if we can share that and share our passion with other people, I mean, that's, that's great. So thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks, guys.